So this is the June episode of the Venus Investor Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. And we kind of enter June where we've got uh, a T-square happening. The T-square between Mars in Leo and Pluto in Aquarius and they're opposite each other. But square to them, to so to form a T, is both Jupiter and the North Node. And back in May, they were all at zero degree. In Well, North Node was still at three, but they were all at Jupiter, Mars and Pluto were at zero degree. And this was like this phenomenal T-square holding the energy of kind of quite combustible, but not ready to combust. And the opposition could stare at each other in silence and and loathing and um, fear or challenging for quite a while without anything happening. But the T-square part of that forces kind of forces it to take action, forces something to happen. And Jupiter here is just so expansive and opening the door here going, right, here I am. You know, you don't want Jupiter to be that person because it's just too much. And of course, now that the, he's not, Jupiter has moved on slightly to three degrees and, and is conjuncting the North Node on the first day of June. It's like kapow, this big door has opened. Mars has moved on as well. Uh, and it's not at zero degree anymore. But here at this three degree point in Taurus, it's like the earth has to move through its next phase. It has to move on. It has to sort of keep changing. And and these changing by virtue of what's going on in Mars in Aquarius, revolution. And, sorry, not Mars in revolution. Pluto in Aquarius, revolution. And Mars in Leo, owning your own sovereignty and really standing up for the fight. So that's what the opposition is about. So when the Jupiter meets the North Node in Taurus, Taurus doesn't want to move. Taurus is like the Earth, it stays where it is forever. But this Jupiter North Node with this T-square is really forcing um, something to happen. It's kind of slightly volcanic in a way. But also on the 1st of June, it's compounded by the fact that in opposition to Jupiter in the North Node, the moon then works itself in works itself into Scorpio, filling the blank space that would therefore make up a square and not a T a T square. So it fills the opposition. So the moon only does this so fleetingly because it moves so fast. But when it does, it's like the, the, a shift in consciousness. The moon is our subconscious. It's our. It's the esoteric realm, and it's our memories. And when it's in in Scorpio, it's deeply within the wisdom and and the intensity of what goes on beneath. And so the moon here in this now fixed square is really challenging us to own up and become aware and have some deep wisdom that we kind of knew about but maybe were ignoring. It kind of brings up a vision from deep within a new understanding of where we're actually heading. And you might have go, oh, well, that's happening over there. But now it comes, go, oh, it's actually happening to me. And hence, that's why the Mars in Leo is is a personal planet. And it's kind of activating your own ego, your own heart into the ideas of what's happening around you in some more greater societal um, themes and situations. So that's a kind of... (laughs) 
powerful entrance into June. And really, because it is in Taurus, you know, it's going to be with with this setup. It's like this powerful manifesting tool that whatever you're thinking deep within can manifest so easily and instantly. You know, Jupiter sitting at the North Node, it's like I'm blowing the doors off the future. You know, this might be the big rock that that hides the way to the cave, but the rock is about to roll away because Jupiter here is just going to roll those doors away and we are going to see forward or be thrust forward. And, you know, this is the instant manifestation of our thoughts into reality. This is the... Um, also what's happening, you know, which I have spoken before about, you know, the cash, cash in our society, the wealth in our society, where's it going? What's happening? You know, this is the next phase into what we're going to do with money. Is it going to be gold standard? Is it going to be digital? Is it coming off the fiat? Are we going to crash? Then there's also the body autonomy, Taurus themes of body autonomy. How are we going to own our own bodies? Are, are we not? Are we going to be transhuman? That's coming up for debate and we're going to see it and also the farming what's happening with farming what's happening with the big companies that run the farming what's happening with the planet are we sustainable have we put too much space junk up there and what is happening with the animals and are we really is there really going to be an octopus farm they're going to generate an octopus farm which is um uh um i heard that as as a as i might have to investigate that one but those kind of issues will be coming to the fore only on the first day of june so um get ready for some of these big themes about planet earth and its wealth to come forward um straight away and of course in june there is nowhere to hide because on the 4th of june uh, we've got a full moon. We have a full moon in full on Sagittarius. You know, this is extra. This is exciting. This is energizing. So, yeah, you're you're not going to be sitting on the sidelines. This is like kapow. Here we are. You know, the Sagittarius wants the simplicity of the higher truth. And maybe that's that's available. Maybe there is, you know, you can you can understand it with the higher wisdom that will come through with Sagittarius. Maybe you can believe in something beyond what really feels like is happening. You know, Sagittarius will bring you to that place of higher wisdom. So you can step away, but you but all the planets are saying no, because here's this full moon in lovely, enthusiastic and extra Sagittarius. But actually, this full moon is creating a grand fire trine. And, you know, when you have a, tr a grand trine, it means that three signs, if they're all in the same sign, which generally they are, three signs are working really well. They're in massive flow with each other. And of course, is it something like fire? It's like really combustible because fire in flow is is electrifying, really. Um, you know, unlike, say, a grand earth trine, which would be, wow, the earth is actually kind of getting some deep lasting changes, but it's much smoother. But with a fire trine, it's fast, it's electrifying. And so this grand fire trine is made up with the full moon in Sagittarius, truth, honesty, enthusiasm, higher truth. And um, the first part of that is then the the 
Mars in Leo again. Mars in Leo, very active, really calling on us to really stand up for with courage to what's in our heart. That's at eight degrees. So the full moon is at 13 degrees and Leo at the time, Mars in Leo is at eight degrees. Then the other arm of this triangle, of this grand fire trine, is Chiron in Aries, which is actually triggering, you know, understanding our triggers understanding our own deep sensitivities, what's affecting our own ego and how we might go about things. So that Chiron in Aries is at 18 degrees. So it's at 18, well, the moon at 13, Mars at 8 and Chiron 18. So this grand fire trine is on the full moon is completely in flow of really our own selves standing up with electrifying magnetism to go, right, here we are. <laughs> let's do it. It's like the Nike swoosh. Let's do it. Let's take action. Let's go for it. So um, if you want to get something done, try that Try that full moon on Sagittarius, especially if you've been dragging your feet, because I think it'll be completely energizing. And, and there's an understanding here that you have to do it yourself. You know, if you want something done, do it yourself, even if it hurts you to do so. This is what this full moon is saying. Um, it's a compelling frenzy of courage to speak your truth, but also to feel the surge of your own power, your own, you know, Leo part of that, where even that means if it leaves you utterly vulnerable and even triggered, because that's the Chiron in Aries part of it too. And, and of course, in that sense, you know, is it utterly exposing, um, you know, you've got to play with your own egos, your own desires. How are you going to manifest? How are you going to harvest all this stuff and shine through that? You know, being the heart centered Mars in Leo, heart centered, giving it a go. And and if that wasn't enough, this grand, explosive, electrifying, grand fire trine that is deeply personal. On top of that, Mercury is about to transit or is transiting Uranus on the same day. So Mercury and Uranus, that's Uranus is like this cosmic electrifying power that brings us in touch with the higher mind, the cosmic mind, the beyond the personal. And it's it drives us into the future and wakes us up. It's the planet of enlightenment. And in doing so, it's kind of throws in these electrical lightning bolts to wake us up and throw us into slightly into chaos. So it's the higher octave in that way of Mercury. So when Mercury comes along to meet with Uranus, the higher and the lower octave, it's like this deep well of connection, of understanding. These guys are in Taurus, planet Earth, and it's like we're going to get this intelligence from the Earth of wisdom. It's like she will be speaking to us, like the universe will tell us, right, this is what's got to happen. And again, this is kind of a, a volcanic energy. It is explosive. Um, and I don't say that lightly because the grand fire trine and Uranus meeting um, Mercury or rather Mercury meeting Uranus, the faster planet comes first to transit past Uranus. It's like a click, like all the cogs in the wheel are ready to switch this kind of nuclear button on. And again, I don't say that lightly. And and I also it kind of calls to mind, you know, Professor Brian Cox, who is the most amazing astronomer and, um, you know, looking at the stars, the planets and um, the cosmos, the universe. Um, and he he calls astrologers nubbers or nubbers. He calls astrologers nubbers anyway. 
that's very kind of him to just you know not um go to the pejorative but when asked when he was asked you know what is the most wondrous thing what kind of blows your mind about all of this you know of all the intelligence that he has which is phenomenal he says that is the most the, the most wondrous thing that he can think of everything he has learned is that we are all connected all made up of the same thing you know whether we're in a planet on the outer edge of the solar system or we're here on earth in our garden in the grass with animals that we're all made up of the same thing um and and his one line is you know we're made of stardust we're literally made of stardust we are all connected and i think this this um mercury uranus conjunction on the Sagittarius full moon is kind of telling us that is giving us that wisdom of understanding um so I feel like it's an initiation of fire and you remember that when um John the Baptist baptized Jesus he said you know I'm going to baptize you with water but one who is coming is going to baptize you with fire it's like the Holy Spirit and um, obviously before he was talking about Jesus, before he baptized him, when he was baptizing people in the river of Jordan, before he baptized Jesus. But when he was speaking to them, he said, I uh, baptize you with water, but one who is coming is going to baptize you with fire. And here we are with this grand fire trine, um, you know, igniting our ego passion, our heartfelt love and the earth wisdom the earth connection all at the same time the resonance and the vibration of this is incredible it's something you know potentially could register on the Schumann resonance scale I'd like to see if it does I'd like to see what happens um obviously I'm recording this before the 4th of June but let's see what happens because we just have this utterly powerful entrance into the month of June June is definitely busting out all over already and so then we've only got to the 4th of June. So on the 5th of June, Venus will move into Leo. Venus ingress Leo and immediately opposes Pluto. Pluto is still at zero degree Aquarius. And that energy, Pluto and Venus together, is kind of like obsessive love. I mean, this doesn't happen, um, you know, obviously on the quarter when they Venus squares Pluto twice a year. And when it opposes and transits, we've got four connections of Venus connecting to inner square or actually also the trine, I guess. You know, there's several connections that Venus will connect to Pluto. But in this opposition, which is already lit up previously by Mars, also with the square, just recently with the moon, here comes Venus to add to that. And also Venus in Leo is about to go retrograde. So Venus coming in straight after this moon, you know, adding to the fire that is in Leo, the fire of Mars in Leo. But not forgetting that also Pallas Athena, the wisdom, the deep wisdom and the intelligence, the super intelligence is in Leo. And Lilith, black moon Lilith is also in Leo. I mean, wow, this is the power of love and pleasure unforgivingly saying this is who I am and this is my inner intelligence of my heart. This is my self-sovereignty. And this is kind of beginning and kicking off the Venus retrograde when Venus actually moves into Leo. And that's straight after this combustible full moon. So, you know, 4th and 5th of June, hang on to your hats. This is going to be a roller coaster ride. 
So whilst the planets are encouraging us to and igniting us into this initiation of passion, of of ideas and, and really kind of waking us up in some way, um, on the 11th of June, Pluto then retrogrades back into Capricorn. Oh, my God. Pluto's retrograding back into Capricorn, shifting the power back from where it was with the people in Aquarius, back into Capricorn, into big business and governance. Woohoo. Um, but now is it different? You know, the power is now going back into the governments. We've got to look at the power and we know where Pluto is. It might give you the power, but it's it's evolve or die power. You have to use that power and move it and shift it. So now that Pluto is going in back into Capricorn, into big business, are we going to see the launch of some kind of initiative? Are we going to see um, the double, you know, the World Economic Forum or or the BBC or one of these or the or one of our governments then launch an initiative to change? Um, or are they going to be so stuck that Pluto will force it? This is an interesting idea that what happens when Pluto goes back into Aquarius and Pluto is going to do it again. Um, the dates for Pluto are to so back in Aquarius, Pluto will move all the way back to 27 degrees, but it's only going to 2753 minutes. And the USA Pluto natal Pluto so the Pluto return is at 27.33 minutes. So it just minuses, minute, mi misses it slightly, but still it's on the same degree. Pluto is going to retrograde back to America's 27 degree Pluto. So really, America, we're looking at you to really force this evolution, to force the change. And I'm really hoping it does happen because I, one thing we need is change. And what is most certain of all is change. So this Pluto now moving back into Capricorn is going to go retrograde right until the 11th of October. So around that time, that's going to be nearly a year before the um, election, uh, the voting in America. And uh, that's when Pluto goes direct. And so I think the machinations of power could almost eat themselves up. They could it really they could destroy themselves with their own power mongering with Pluto coming back here in Capricorn right back to that point. And I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens there. So but then Pluto goes forward again in or goes back into Aquarius on January the 21st in 2024. So next year and stays there. Until the 2nd of May when he retrogrades um, on second um, on two degrees Aquarius, retrogrades right back into Capricorn again on the 1st of September 2024 and stays sitting on that 29 degree. And I think this is really unusual because remember, Pluto has sat on the zero degree of Aquarius. Uh, Pluto has sat on the zero degree of Aquarius for some time and sort of gone retrograde and direct right on that zero degree, giving us a little taste, a massive taster, not a little taster, a massive taster. And now on the second, so it's moving back into um, Capricorn here is only going to stay at the 29 on the second time goes back. It's only going to stay at the 29 degree point. So that's the anoretic degree. The anoretic degree of Capricorn, and that is like forcing a crisis. It's forcing the 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 whole themes of the last 15 years to come to a head, evolve or die. And what is interesting about this 29 degree, Pluto then 
leaves. Um, it's still sitting from um, from the 24th of October right through to the 19th of November, where it's going to be. Um, sorry, no, it's from the sorry. Start again. Pluto will be back on the 29 degree from the 1st of September. It goes direct on the 24th of October, almost forcing, you know, this is the last moment and this is days before the election, the 24th of October. And then it actually finally leaves for the 15 years, finally leaves properly, leaves Capricorn, enters Aquarius on the 19th of November. And this, of course, are the dates right round the American election. And this is Evolve or Dice Up. The American election, the voting is on the 5th of November 2024. And so you can see here the planets are forcing a massive shift. So um, whoever comes, whoever wins this election... It's going to be on the Aquarian side. It's going to be for the people. It's going to help the people evolve. It's not going to stay the same. Something major is going to shift. I mean, um, whether Biden goes for this election again, I, I, I don't know. We don't we were a year and a bit ahead of that. So whoever wins it is going to completely change the whole idea of this. So this is amazing really. We are up for this massive change. And um, of course, if he doesn't, she doesn't, could be Marianne Williamson, Marianne, Will Marianne Williams. Um, if she doesn't, he doesn't, then there is going to be revolution. So either the people re are re revolting or the governments actually get it at that 29 degrees. So I'm I'm all ears for this and I will talk about this in um, in upcoming episodes in a little bit more depth. But for now, we've got Pluto going back on the into Capricorn on the 11th of June. And it's going to stay in Capricorn to the 21st of of January 2024. So that's what we just need to know now. And on the 15th of June, just following up there, Mercury is going to square Saturn at seven degrees. And that's kind of forcing the clarity of information, please. We want some, what's the information and what's the intention? Because on the 17th, 18th of June, we have the new moon in Gemini. Um, I say 17th, 18th, it's going to be in the early, in the UK, it's the early hours of the 18th. And so or in America, it'll be on the evening of the 17th, this new moon. And the new moon is conjunct Juno. Juno is the marriage broker. So this new moon in Gemini is like pick your partners for the do-si-do. -si -do. And um, so the new moon is conjunct this marriage broker, but also square Neptune. So you, we are going to be looking at relationships, not just our personal relationships, but, you know, relationships with um, people that maybe we have present one side of ourselves to. And maybe looking at relationships where we are not maybe honest. I'm going to say honest, you know, that, that you know, you, you know, you've got a work colleague and you have to present that side of yourself or or elements of that that you're, you know. But this is an opportunity to go deeper with those people, to be more honest, to show another side of yourself, to connect on a different level. And the square to Neptune, it's almost like you're going to see through the facade the facade will show itself. So you go, I get this. So, you know, we don't have to fall over in, you know, in despair at this. We just have to go, right, I, I understand this. And, and um, 
now can see more than I previously did. So collaboration is going to be really key about this new moon in Gemini. Uh, there's going to be new connections, new alignments and maybe quite unusual stuff, you know, that because of this um, square to Neptune. And maybe we're connecting to both sides of the debate and maybe we are understanding the illusion we're in. Maybe we're understanding more of the deception and the programming. And it's quite funny as we speak, um, the sun has just gone into Gemini. And at the same time, BBC has launched its BBC Verify, which is uh, completely laughable. But the fact that they are launching their own fact checking, I mean, when the sun goes into Gemini and, it, you know, I did say that the sun in Gemini would kind of power up the idea of what Mars in Gemini has kind of torn apart and shown us with Mars retrograde in Gemini last year was when Elon Musk brought Twitter and is showing us the truth. And yet now it's like the sun goes into Gemini and, um, you know, with this square, to the new moon to well, no, the, the new moon to Gemini in sorry, the new moon in Gemini square to Neptune. It's like here comes the BBC to counteract any truth that might be out there with their own truth, with their own narrative. I, I think that's hilarious, but also it's quite scary. It's like a counter attack. Is that going to be sustainable? They've launched when the sun goes into Gemini, but on the new moon with a square to Neptune, what's really going to come out with that? You know, Neptune here is really forcing us to see the delusion and evalu evaluate the shadow because obviously the Gemini side of things just wants to show you the nice bits and flit around. But Neptune here is going, is that right? Is that true? Do you, can we just have that again? Um you know, bring out your dead and let's have a look at them. Because not only is this new moon square to Neptune, and as I say, it's on the 17th, 18th, actually on the 17th, Saturn in Pisces is going to go retrograde. So we've both got Neptune in Pisces and Saturn in Neptune, both involved in this Gemini new moon. And Saturn in Pisces is really kind of like, look at your boundaries. What's really happening here? Are we really looking after our, ourselves? And are we, uh, you know, have a serious look at your where you need to be healing, where you where you are lost. And, um, you know, it's a powerful statement of Piscean energy to um, really create some um, understanding of the illusion of the delusion that we may or may not be in or may or may not be telling ourselves. But with Gemini, they're definitely, you know, it's, it's something, um, some kind of understanding is going to come about. And um, I'm looking at the BBC for that, but I'm sure there'll be mother, more aspects and more activities around this Gemini new moon. On the 19th of June, Venus is going to go into the shadow of her upcoming Venus retrograde. And the sh this day, I think, is the day to look around, see what's happening, see what you're manifesting, see what your heart is telling you. And we've just come through this kind of showing the illusion. So potentially this is a reckoning for yourself. This is a, oh, I see this now and my this is how my heart feels. And um, I will be launching a school shala, a Venus school shala. So like a dedication to Venus to take us through this Venus retrograde, because I feel there's a connection to our own hearts, to our the Venus aspect in ourselves that we could all make more of 
during this retrograde and people will feel fear the retrograde but i don't want us to fear it's like going to be underlining venus's power within our hearts within our self-sovereignty so there's going to be like a fortnightly grouping between all through the period which lasts until i think is it the 7th of october but anyway there's going to we have to connect we don't have to but i would like to connect to venus and really honor what she's trying to show us and bring about within ourselves and allow that goddess Venusian energy, which is on one hand is love and our personal power in Leo, but it's also money to what we're manifesting financially. So um, I want this to become a really to bring about our heart centered living, our self belief and understanding what we're radiating and then owning our self sovereignty, give ourselves the crown. So that um, more information on that too coming soon but the venus uh, is going into the shadow on the 19th of june so the shadow is at 12 degrees leo and also on the 19th jupiter expansive jupiter is in a sextile to saturn retrograde at seven degrees so jupiter is in taurus and Saturn retrograde, as we know, is in Pisces. They're both at seven degrees. They're making a little little sextile there. And that's quite fruity. That's going to bring about some kind of real more activity about how we're feeling about what's going ahead and feeling stuff in our body, feeling where we might have lost our own self-sovereignty aside from everything else as on top of everything else. So there is so much to get through. We've only, we're at the 20th now. Now on the 20th of of June, there's a process that starts with Mars meeting up with Lilith. I said Lilith was in Leo. And this is like the clash of the Titans. There is this idea that Lilith is kind of the, the lower octave of Mars, but the higher octave of Pluto and bringing them both together in the dark feminine. And I find this incredibly interesting. So that's another episode coming forward when we're going to dive into Lilith. And Lilith here is in Leo. And, you know, she doesn't take prisoners. She wants us to be absolutely honest with ourselves. Um, they actually, they, they, sorry, they start to meet on the 20th. But then they go through to the 23rd when they meet exactly. So it's Mars meeting Lilith at 19 degrees and they're trining um, Chiron trining Chiron so that's kind of being totally honest with your own triggers see what comes up because if you don't it could be powerfully disruptive and that they start to meet on the 20th and they really meet up on the 23rd and then on the 26th Mars then squares Uranus Mars squares Uranus and at the same time as Mars squaring Uniform I mean like powerful stuff electrifying forcing action forcing you to take action of heart-centered action though be remembrant of this you know planets in leo are going to be heart-centered and then venus on the 26th as well then also meets up with lilith so first of all on the 19th um also on the 20th mars meets lilith at 19 degrees squaring chiron and then on the 26th venus meets up with lilith at 19 degrees making a trine to chiron i think i've said that um I'm going to say that clearly again. So on the 20th, we've got Mars meeting up with Chiron in Leo. They're at 19 degrees and they're 
making a trine to Chiron. And that's kind of like bringing out your triggers, you know, being honest about your own triggers. They meet on the 20th and they kind of really get intense by the 23rd. And then on the 26th, Mars has moved on a little bit and is squaring Uranus. And that's completely take action. It's really combustible. But also on the 26th, Venus is then also meets up with Chiron in Leo at 19 degrees and also makes a trine to Chiron. So Mars, then Venus meet up with in a trine to Chiron, you know, our personal triggers, owning our stuff. It's uncompromising personal power because the Mars then going on to to square to Uranus is like you have to take action. You have to do something. This can be fruity. This can be sexy. This can be you can really feel this in your body and go, right, I've never felt this stuff before. This is owning your sexuality and your passions um, as much as it might be kind of quite scary and a bit of a roller coaster. But, you know, this energy is absolutely beautiful. It's edifying. It's like, whoa, it's like jumping out of a plane with a parachute and feeling something completely different and new. And uh, it's a definite boost to whatever you're doing. It's going to be challenging, yes. But, you know, you're owning your own stuff is like just becoming more of yourself, bringing in your higher self to into your heart centered being. So, um I think this is quite a phenomenal set of aspects involving Mars, then Venus, Lilith, Chiron and Uranus. And also really the idea of Aries in the ego, Chiron triggering our ego stuff, Uranus in Taurus electrifying our bodies and Lilith, Venus and Mars in Leo really opening up to our passions and our heart centered beings and our boundaries. And then on the 27th of June, Mercury is going to pop into Cancer and join very closely Juno, the marriage broker, and the Sun. And they've been kind of sitting there in early Cancer. This is like a bringing out really heartfelt, well, not so much heartfelt in a Leo way, but really compassionate relationships, compassion and understanding to relating to people within your field, within your family. And Mercury here is going to be connecting with exactly with Juno um, on the 28th. And that's when Venus is also still exact with Lilith, which is fabulous, going to be a good energy. And then obviously Mercury then moves on to catch up with and overtake the sun. But that doesn't happen till July. So, you know, we've got Mercury, the sun and and cancer really kind of keeping all this passion and ego going around, but remembering the compassion as well and your family and staying in your uh, comfort zone or the security, keeping the security around you and the love around you. So as much as this June is a roller coaster ride, I think there's a lot of love in there as well and a lot of excitement. So um, do let me know how you get on and... um, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening.